Amen. Good afternoon to you and praise God we're talking today about biblical finances explained simply. And uh, a few days ago I was in the car and my eight-year-old son Luke, he and I were talking about money and uh, I was talking to him about investing and what would he do and why would he do things. And uh, anyway, it was interesting to hear some of his responses. Along the, along the process of that, or in the process of that, the Lord actually said, I want you to explain to him the biblical finances. And so as I was explaining that to him, how they work, he went, oh, okay. And then as soon as I was doing that, the Lord said, I want you to share that on Monday on the broadcast. I want you to share it so simply and uh, it'll be it'll be good. And so right now, just get ready to receive. How many people would like for your year of increase to manifest and not just be talked about, not just be a theory? What I'm talking about, Nicole and I both did. We saw these principles and we saw these promises in the Word. We walked through them and literally uh, it has exploded our finances. We started, I'll just give you an idea. Uh, when we first started this process, what we would give in an offering, and you, that'll hit you a little bit later, not the tithe, but in an offering alone, what we would give each month now is over a hundred times each month what we started with, and that was about 10 or 15 years ago. So it's over a hundred times each month, every month. A lot of times more than that, it's probably more like 300 times most most months, but I have some stuff that I don't calculate every single month. That is what God can do. What I'm talking about works, and God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And if we'll be willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land, and that's simply what we did. Now, what I want you to see is just how simple this is. It's not complicated, and I'm going to try and keep it as simple as possible. And uh, it's really, really exciting because God is on your side. He gives you the power to get wealth. He'll, he wants to bring prosperity to you, and he doesn't want you to have any sorrow. God desires to, to bless his people. He greatly desires to make his people prosperous. This is what the word tells us. Even in 3 John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health. And one of the very first steps, and you can put this in, the first step, of biblical finances is knowing, know that you know that God wants to increase your finances. And so one of the things that you'll see, we'll look at this verse later, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you see that God wants to increase you so that out of an abundance, you can do every good work. God won't, How can you do every good work if that's God's plan if you don't have the abundance? So part of it is to bless you, Part of it is for you to do good works. It's both. And so God wants you blessed, and he wants you blessed in every way. So now one of the things I want to look at is this. The other thing before we jump in is this. When we understand money in terms of God's kingdom, you start to understand that this is a way of God. How this works with our finances is a way of God. It is a structure that God actually can use for other things. In other words, if you can learn to apply this to money, you can apply this to the anointing. You can apply this to faith. You can apply this to fasting. You can apply this to your time. All of these resources work in the same way in the kingdom but the issue is that we've got to learn what that way is. Now, I want to look first in Luke chapter 16, and I believe we start around verse 10. So let's look at Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. I think I had it marked here. All right, so look at this. I want you to see this first principle. So the first principle is to know that God wants to increase you. I'm not spending a whole lot of time on that today, although that step trips up what I've found the majority of the church. This is a teaching for people that understand that and they're ready to increase. That's what this teaching is. Now, how do we simply apply biblical finances here? And so looking at Luke 16, one of the first principles is this. He who is faithful in very little 
in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. And then he goes on to describe what the little thing is. What is the little thing that he's talking about specifically here? The very little thing that he's talking about is money and finances in this world. Worldly money, okay? He says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth or unrighteous money, who will entrust the true riches to you? So one of the things he's saying, he's saying money is a very little thing. I like to call uh, finances is basically like Christianity 101 because if you can understand how finances work in the kingdom, then you can understand the rest of it. Here's the other thing. If you can't get into the biblical finances that God's laid out, you can't go into the true riches. How are we going to handle his glory properly when we can't handle a dollar bill properly. But when we learn how to handle a dollar bill properly and we have the right heart on it, now we can handle the true riches of the kingdom. He says this, and if you've not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give uh, you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You can use wealth to serve God, but you can't serve both. So a couple points that I want you to see about finance. First of all, put this in the comments. Finances, earthly money, is to God a little thing. It's a beginner step, right? Now, if you think about this, and I believe you'll see this today, if that's the beginner step, much of the American church is not even on the first step. Because when you start talking about money, I mean, people are going, man, I don't know about that. I don't want to give to God. I just need some money in my account. And so they they don't even have a concept of it. But But the first thing to grab a hold of is God wants you to increase. The second thing here is, Money, earthly money to God is a little thing. Another concept right here in these scriptures is this, is that if you won't be little, if you won't be faithful with a little bit of money, you will not be faithful with a lot. So a lot of times the deception that the devil says is that, well, if you had you a know, million dollars, you'd give a bunch of it. If you won't give out of your one dollar, you won't give out of your million dollars. That's a biblical concept. So and the third thing is we have to be faithful at the beginning in the small things and not despise it and as much as we are in the big things. So we have to be faithful at the beginning. We have to be faithful right now. So for you, no matter where you are in your finances, right now is the beginning of the rest of eternity, and it's the smallest it should ever be. You have to be faithful with what you have right now. So first thing, God wants you to increase. Second thing, earthly money is a little thing, right? Third thing is that you have to be faithful right now with money. You don't wait till later. The fourth thing is this. He says, if you've not been faithful in that in the use of that which is another, right, then who will give you that which is your own? In order to get your own money, you have to be faithful with your money when it belongs to somebody else or when it should go to somebody else. So we have money that God's given us, right? And if I want more of that money and I want more of that finances, then God has told me that I need to tithe and give offerings. We'll look at that scripture in a minute in Malachi. He's shown me that I need to do that. If I'm not tithing, or and, and, and not or, if I'm not tithing and giving offerings, I am not being faithful with money that belongs to God. I'm not going to be able to receive money for myself. Okay? So the fourth thing is, I must be faithful with my money to in God with God. I must be faithful with my money with God's money basically. I must be faithful with God's money. 
right? And that means in tithes and offerings. I must be faithful in tithes and offerings now, okay? That's how I would word it. I must be faithful in tithes and offerings now. Tithes and offerings. Okay, now let's look at this, and I want you to see. Let's go to uh, Leviticus. Uh, nope, let's go to Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14. We'll go to Leviticus in a second. Deuteronomy chapter 14. Look at verse 22. Deuteronomy 14, 22. Now, let's talk quickly about the difference between tithes and offerings. We'll look at it right here in the scripture. Deuteronomy 14, 22. You shall surely tithe all the produce from what you sow, which comes out of the field every year. So once you plant, you will have a harvest. And he says, you shall tithe all of the harvest, all of the increase that comes out of the field. Then he goes on to say, verse 23, you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish uh, his name. The tithe of your grain, your wine, your oil, the firstborn of your herd and your flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Now, what you see here is the tithe goes on any increase that you have. This word tithe, when you translate it back to the original Hebrew, it literally means 10% of your increase. So if you have an increase in your life, our job is to tithe all of that, okay? 10% of whatever increase. Now, for Nicole and I, it... For most people, I'm not going to go into the details. Here's one thing I do want you to do. I want you to put any questions you have in the comments. I'll be happy to answer them if I can. So you can start doing that now. At the end of this, if I have, if there are any questions, uh, Barrett's going to bring them on, and I'll try to answer them today. If I need to answer them later, then I will. I imagine we're going to talk some more about this tomorrow and uh, looking, looking forward to it. So look for that video as well. Now, what you'll see, though, is tithe defined, and you can put this in, tithe equals 10% of your increase. To put it in today's, you know, my wife and I, we're not farmers. We don't have chickens. We don't have cows. We don't have goats. We don't have sheep besides the sheep at the church that I'm the pastor of. That's it. But I don't have literal animals in our yard, so I don't have this this same uh, level or same things that they're talking about. What he's talking about here is the concept of increase. Now, what I do have and she has is a paycheck. And so with that paycheck, every time we get paid, that is our increase. And so immediately what we t do is take 10% off of that increase and we tie that to God. And I, wa I want you to hear this. I'm not giving it to God, and we'll talk about this in a second. I'm returning it to God, okay? But I want you to see this. So tithe is 10% of your increase, but look at what verse 23 says. What will the tithe do for you? This is a problem that many people have. Many people have this issue. They are not tithing, and because of that, their heart and their thinking is off towards God, which is going to make them make it hard for them to receive anything from the Lord. And here's what one of the things that the tithe does. He says this. He says in verse 23, he says that when you tithe, you will learn to fear the Lord your God always. Now, last week we started a series in Proverbs, and it said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Man, we talked about it wasn't a phobia fear. It's an extreme reverence of God. When we tithe, it keeps our heart and our mind in check to reverence God and to worship him at the extreme level that we should. If I'm esteeming God, then I'm going to be honoring God. And if I honor God, God's already made me a promise and you a promise in uh, 1 Samuel 2.30, those who honor me, 
God says, I will honor. And so the tithe keeps you in the place of God's honor. Put that in the comments. When I tithe, it keeps me in the place of God's honor because I will esteem him. Okay? So that's one of the things. So many people don't have their thinking straight towards God because they haven't been tithing. The tithe is not designed to get God money who could create it if he wanted to. It's designed for us to keep ourselves in line. Now, one of the things spiritually, it keeps us in that place. One of the things that I want you to see here is that let's go now to Leviticus. Let's go to Leviticus and chapter 27, and I want you to see this. Verse 30. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the trees, now watch this, it is the Lord's. It's the Lord's. It is, watch this, it is holy to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So not only is the tithe the Lord's, it's holy to the Lord. It's holy to him. So one of the things that I want, I want you to see is this, is that when, when I have a tithe, I'm going to set this stuff to the side for a second. When I have a tithe, which I just so happen to have an increase, let's say, see, I have these corn kernels, from the popcorn jar. Let's say that this is my increase, and we're going to put it here on the table. I hope you can see it. There you go. I have this increase in my life. Now, the issue is that God says in Leviticus 2730, 10% of my increase, 10% of my increase, it's not mine, it's the Lord's. And so let's say that this here is 10%. So now I have 10%. And when I have this full increase, let's say it's 100 kernels of corn, and I have 10 kernels, those 10 kernels of my increase, those are that's not mine. That's God's. God says the tithe, 10% of your increase, it's the Lord's. So for me to take that and use that and spend that, then I would be stealing from God. Well, this that's a problem. That puts me not under the blessing uh, path, but it puts me under a cursed path. I don't want to be there. I have a choice. I don't have to be there. But when I take that from the Lord, then all of a sudden I'm in that place. Now, I want you to see this. A lot of people will talk about the tithe was under the law. No, the tithe was before the law. The tithe actually started in the garden when he called that tree holy. He said, this is holy. You're not going to partake of this tree. You're not going to eat of this tree, right? The tithe really started there. But then you see it with Abraham. You see that even before Moses received the law. You even see Jesus after the law saying, in Hebrews, he receives tithes still today. He receives tithes, right? So one of the things that we see is the tithe was before the law. It was after the law. The tithe, the tithe is an everlasting covenant. And so one of the things we see is that this tithe belongs to God. It's not mine. It's God's. Now, here's one more thing I want you to see from that verse. Leviticus 27.30. He doesn't only say that that tithe is mine. Now see, if that's God's, I'm choosing to return that to God. I'm choosing to return that. I, I'm, I'm saying, look, I have a choice. I can steal it from God or I can give it back to God. It is not mine to determine where it goes or how much it is. God's already said it, 10%, and we're going to look at a verse in a second that says where it goes, which is to your local church. So it's the storehouse. Now, one of the things that I want you to see is this, is that not only did he say that tithe is mine, look at what else he said about it. He said, it's holy. It's holy. It's holy. That means, now listen to this, it is set apart. It is consecrated. Now, here's what I want you to see. 
The Lord talks very clearly about a mixture in his word. He does not want the holy mixed with the profane. Profane means common, okay? This increase is common. That's mine. It's, it's not necessarily the Lord's. I can choose to give it to him, but this part of the increase, the 90%, that's mine. It's common. This part is God's. It's holy. Watch this. If I take the tithe and I make it a part of mine, I have just mixed the holy and the profane, and I have moved myself under a curse. So when people are not tithing, they don't realize that they are actually taking a holy thing and they are profaning it, and that explains why some people have a lot of problem. I'll just tell you, I won't tell you the story in detail, but at one point, that's what Nicole and I did unknowingly. We thought we were doing right. We thought we were doing biblically, uh, biblically, but we actually made the tithe common. We mixed the holy and the profane, and, and it, the word says ministers are accountable to actually teach people the difference between the holy and the profane. You keep the holy holy, and you keep the common common, right? You, you keep the profane the profane. You don't mix the two. You keep them separate. So Nicole and I actually, uh, we were actually completely out of debt. We had no debt. Everything was going great. And we actually did this, and we mixed the holy and profane. And within months, we were back in debt and in worse shape than we had been before. I mean, within months, it was bad. This is not where you want to be. You want to take the 10% of the increase, and you want to keep that uh, and give it to God. It's not ours. It's not ours to determine. It's not ours to determine where it goes. It's 10% of the increase goes to God. Now, all right, with that in mind, let's look back now at the scripture in Malachi. Now, this is, this is some people don't like this scripture. I love this scripture because one of the things about this scripture in Malachi 3, uh, starting in verse 8, one of the things about the scripture in Malachi 3 is it brings freedom. It also brings vision. And I'm going to show this to you. He says this. So I'm going to give you these main scriptures, and then I'm going to show you an example of how this works. So Malachi 3 and verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? Here's his answer. You can rob God in these places. Where, how have we robbed, robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse because you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. In my house. So that word right there, where, where is his house? His house is is a place where God has set apart his people, a place where God has put, this is my house, this is a place to worship me, this is a place to grow, that's the church. He said that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes. In other words, it won't lose grapes. And all the nations, says the Lord of hosts, verse 12, all the nations will call you blessed. <laughs> Glory to God. For you shall be a delightful land. You shall be a delightful land. So one of the things that you see is when we have our increase and we set aside the tithe, right? When we set aside the tithe, let me put that so you can see it. There you go. And we set that tithe aside. This is what the Lord says. You take that tithe. He's told us how much, 10% of our increase. He's told us where, the storehouse, his house, the body of Christ, in his house where we worship him and we have a supply for the people, his storehouse, to do his work in his house. This is where the tithe goes. 
10% of our increase. It's not ours. We don't determine how much. We don't determine where it goes. He has already said that. He said, it's holy to me. It's not ours. It's his. We either steal it or we return it. Okay. Then he says, when you bring the tithe, he says, there'll be food in my house. The other thing he says, he says, test me. Watch if this won't happen. Then he says, I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Now, the blessing of God is the overflow of God. It's the power of God. It's the glory of God. In other words, it's the supernatural grace of God to give you power to get wealth and add no sorrow to it. So he'll bless the work of your hand. When we tithe, he'll open the windows of heaven and he'll bless the work of our hand and he will rebuke the devourer for our sake. All right, so now I want you to see this. Leave this here. Boop. Got a bunch of stuff. All right, so now let's watch this. If we have, I'm just I'm gonna start with the devourer. So we've been working, we've been doing that, and all of a sudden we receive a harvest. Here's, here's what happens. If we keep the tithe for ourselves, then there'll be a thief. Uh, I, I need somebody to play the thief, please. Uh, come over, come around and come over here. We're sitting here and we've got this harvest. And all of a sudden we're like, man, we've worked hard for this thing. Go ahead. We worked hard for this thing. All of a sudden <laughs> they'll be, just, just stand off to the side. Don't get in the camera. Just reach your hand in here. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just start reaching your hand in here. And all of a sudden there'll be a thief that starts stealing that harvest. He'll start stealing that tide. There's the devourer. That he's devouring the fruit. He's devouring these things. And all of a sudden, man, I'm down 10% because of the devourer. I would have much rather returned that to God and now put that back. I would have much rather, see, now I'm losing this. I'll tell you, anytime, in, I've watched this multiple times, anytime in my life, stay here, anytime in my life where I've seen, man, just stuff starts breaking, so we start losing stuff, all the thing, all the stuff like that. I'm like, man, what's going on? Where have I missed it? Have I missed something? A lot of times I'm sitting there and there was a tithe that I meant to give, like my heart's right towards it, and I meant to get all of a sudden the thief is stealing. I'll say, wait a minute, and I'll find that place where I where I have missed that, and I'll say, Lord, let me tithe it right now. I just repent for missing that. I, I repent for that. I'm not having the devourer steal anything from me again. Okay, put it back. But, now watch this. Now, I have set aside that 10% because I said, look, this is my increase. This 10%, the tithe, it belongs to God. And I give that to the storehouse, the local church. Well, the thief still comes and he tries to steal. But God says, when you tithe, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I, he'll keep trying to come back, but God's going to be like, no, no, no. He'll put that shield around, no, 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 no. God's doing it. I don't even have to worry about it. God's rebuking the devourer for our sake because we're tithers, because we're tithers. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> so you can see how that works. All right, now let's look at the offering because here's what I want you to see. What was it that he told us that he would do with the tithe? He said he would rebuke the devourer. What else did he say? He said he would bless us. So now when we take this, when we take this and we actually start to utilize it and work, God says, I will bless you. Now, some people would say, well, I'm already blessed through Jesus. I can't be cursed by not giving the tithe. That's not true. You can deny the blessing in your life. You can be saved, but you can say, I'm not doing it God's way. Remember, we just talked about this last night, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. He said, come to me and take my yoke upon you. Do things my way, and it'll be easy and light. If we don't do things God's way, it won't be easy and light. If we don't come to Jesus, it won't be easy and light. It'll be hard and heavy. How many Christians' lives have proved it doesn't have to be hard, it doesn't have to be easy and light. 
every one of them that I know, the issue is all of us have not done it God's way before, and we'll find, man, this is, this is not easy. This is not light. But as soon as we come to Jesus, we do it his way, it becomes easy and light. What you're seeing there is that when somebody's not doing it God's way, they step out from the place of the blessing. It's like they step into a worldly way. They step into a place where there's corruption, where moth and rust can destroy. But when we do it God's way, we step into the place where the devourer is rebuked and what we put our hand to is blessed. How many people want your, your work to be blessed? How many people want your work to be blessed? I want everything I do to be blessed by God. So now one of the things that you see is this. The other thing that he'll do is he will open up the windows of heaven. Why do you have windows in your house? What's I can think of two main purposes for windows in your house. Three. One, you open up the window, you can get some fresh air in right? Two, so you can get the fresh presence of God in your house. The tithe opens up those windows. The other thing is you let light in. You open up those windows and it lets light in. In other words, you'll have illumination. You'll have revelation of things. The other thing is you see out those windows. By having a window in the wall, it gives you vision outside. So when God opens up the windows of heaven, most people think, like, as soon as I tithe, man, stuff's just going to pour out. I'm going to find a bag of money on my front front porch. I'm going I'm to dig up something in the... And you may have some of this stuff happen, but people expect that they don't have to do anything. No, he will give you and me, he will give us the power to get wealth. He didn't say, I'll give you wealth. He said, I'll give you the power to get wealth. And you can see that all across the word, uh, the word of God. He empowers us by his supernatural grace to accomplish and attain these things. Remember, he said, Jesus said, occupy till I come. That means we're active. We are working on those things. So now one of the things that we see is he'll open up the windows of heaven. What's he saying? He will show us what to do, where to go, how to do it, and it'll be heavenly wisdom. So three things that we see from the tithe, when we tithe 10% of our increase, put these in the comments, we receive heavenly vision on what to do and where to go. Second thing is, and, and we receive the heavenly vision, revelation, and the fresh breath of God in our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Second thing is that we receive the blessing, the supernatural empowerment to do those things, those visions, right? The third thing is he rebukes the devourer for our sake. So we receive vision, he empowers us, and he rebukes the devourer. That all comes from setting the tithe, right? All of that comes. When I make that tithe holy and I declare it holy and I give it back to God, What's going to happen is this 90% that's left over will go much further than it would have had I made the tithe unholy, brought unholiness into my life, and allowed the devourer now to start stealing from me. Now, let's go into the offering. See, the vision that the tithe will bring in, he'll show us fertile soil to plant seed. An offering is a seed. An offering is a place to multiply seed that's sown. The, one of the best places I know of to look at that is 2 Corinthians 9, one of my favorite passages in the Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. This says, verse 6 through, uh, 6 through uh, 12, he says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always 
having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Go to verse 10. Now, verse uh, verse 9 basically says you don't keep seed, you scatter it, you spread it. You don't hoard it. You don't try to store it up for yourself. You have to have a flow. It has to flow through you. He says, he that scatters abroad, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now, he who supplies seed to the sower. Notice the he there is capitalized. That's saying God supplies seed to the sower. The person who has become a true sower in his heart God will give seed to. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be enriched in everything for all liberality. You'll have all freedom in everything, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. When we do it, people are going to be giving God thanks for everything that's happening through us. 12, for the ministry of the service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. So what we see is he's not talking about the tithe here. He's talking about what we purpose in our heart. This is the offering. Once I take out the tithe, Anything that I also decide, so there's the tithe, anything else that I decide to give to God, that is my offering. I decide how much I want to give. I decide how much uh, I want to sow into the kingdom of God. I'm giving to God, to the ministry of God, to the saints, to the growing of the body of Christ. That is an offering. Let me just tell you. Now, you're, if you are, many people think that they can give tithes to like a charity that's not a church, it's not a ministry, you know, in that way. That's not a tithe because God's already said the tithe goes to the house of the Lord, right? So I, I've had people in the past where they were tithing, you know, to, uh, you know, a children's hospital or they thought, but they weren't tithing. They were giving them a gift. It wasn't even an offering in that way. It was just them giving to a worldly thing. If that thing, if that entity, that organization, if it is not doing things for God and glorifying God, giving God the glory, it is not a place that you give your tithe or your offering to. It's not a tithe or offering. It's just a gift. It's just a gift. But there's no promise to have that multiplied back in your life. And so one of the things about understanding the simplicity of biblical finances is where to plant seed. That goes into the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about will be multiplied. But what I want you to see is this, is that when I purpose in my heart to sow, this is not money that I had. This means what will happen is I'll give my tithe and now I change. I purpose in my heart, Lord, I want to be an abounding giver. I want to not sow sparingly. I want to sow overwhelmingly, right? And, he, and when I purpose in my heart to do that, he gives extra seed to the sower. So all of a sudden, he gives me that seed. He'll put seed in my hand. This is not according to my budget. This is over and above my budget. He gives, look at this. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. He will supply and multiply. He'll take my seed and multiply it. So this is where you get into the multiplication of finances is when we give over and above the tithe. Now I can jumpstart that. I can say, Lord, I want to be. I want to give seed to the sower, and I can pull out of my budget and do that. I can pull out of my budget and do that. But when I start desiring to be a sower, God will start getting supernatural seed in my hand. One time, my my wife and I, we decided we wanted to give a very very big offering uh, to the church, 
And it was the biggest offering we had ever given. And so we said, Lord, we desire to give this offering. And so we ask you for the seed. And it was, it was a large offering for us. Like I said, the biggest we'd ever given, over five figures. And, uh, and I said, Lord, we want to give this. Within a few months, once we purposed in our heart, we had in our hands that amount and more to give. I mean, it was in our hands. We were like, glory to God. The Lord, he did exactly what his word said. He put seed in our hands. Now, I want you to see this. He says, when you tap into the system at the end of verse 10, you will increase the harvest of your righteousness. Every person that's born again is made righteous. They're made the righteousness of God in Christ. A few chapters back in chapter 5, verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. When you're born again, you're made the righteousness of God in Christ. But not everybody that's righteous has the same harvest. The harvest is determined on your heart. This is the little thing of finances. And many people don't like this. Many people don't even like the tithe. I love the tithe. The tithe does great things for me. I love to tithe. And I also love to sow seed to give offerings over and above that because that's where the multiplication is. And so he says this, God will make all grace abound. He'll make the blessing abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything you may have an abundance for every good deed. God wants to get an abundance to every believer so that you can do every good work. But many people won't purpose in their heart to sow or to be tithers and giving offerings, and so he doesn't, he's not able to increase them because they've not come to Jesus and done it his way. But it's so easy. It's so easy and light. Now, my flesh didn't like it at first, but now I love it. Like, I get excited about giving. It's one of my favorite things to do. I truly, truly love it, and it's one of the favorite things to do. Verse 6 says this, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I want you to see this. The bountiful word right there means good word. It's eulogia in the Greek. That means a good word. When you sow into a good word, you will reap those words in your life. This is one of the things where it shows us where we sow, where we give offerings to. We give offerings where there's good, fertile ground of the word being preached. A word of faith, a word of love, a word of hope, that word of God. It's not, it's not a fearful word. It's a good word. It's a word that will increase people, that'll bless people. It's a, now watch this. This really makes a good word. When a word is preached and there is manifestation of fruit, people are born again. Disciples are made. There are people healed and delivered. There, you're seeing uh, where there's revelation. That is one of the places where it determines a good word. Another place that you see is where the fruit of the Spirit is taking place in people. This is one of the things that you want to look for. You want to see a good word. That makes a place, that makes a place good soil to plant seed in. Okay? Here's the other thing that you see is that he loves a cheerful giver. When I give, I don't want to give like, oh man, I'm giving, but I really don't want to. No, I want to get to the place where my heart is fully in it, I love to give, I'm excited to give, and, and I'm not giving sparingly. I'm looking for ways to give more. When we purpose in our heart, he says purpose in your heart, become intentional in your heart to be a cheerful, abounding sower into a good word. When we do that, all of a sudden we see God says, oh, they're going to do it, and they're going to do it right. They're going to keep giving. They're not going to hoard it. Let me give them some more seed. Let me give them some more seed. Let me give them some more seed. Like I told you, when my wife and I did that, when we started that, what, we're, what we started giving, our offerings each month is over 100 times that. Our offering each month is over 100 times that. So now what I want you to see is this. This is... Now that you've seen these pieces, and I don't know uh, if we've had any questions, so Barrett, you can get those ready. If you have questions on this, put them now, put them in now, but I want you to see this, so I want them to get a good shot of this. So now, 
we have increase in our life. Let's say that that increase comes from our job. Let's say that that increase comes from our job and we get a paycheck. So out of that paycheck, it says that we should do this first. The first thing we should do is set aside the tithe and bring it to the house of God. So we set aside the tithe and we bring that to the house of God. So we're going to take that and give that to God. Now the Lord will bless us. He'll open up the windows of vision and he'll rebuke the devourer. So the devourer's trying to steal it. It's not going to happen. But here's what he does. He says this. He says, now, he says, I'm going to show you where to plant it. He says, this ministry or that ministry, they are good soil. And I want you to sow seed into that ministry over there. And so when we sow that seed over there, uh, all of a sudden, that gives us access to multiplied harvest. And in that, and in that tithe, and in that offering, the Lord will give us vision. And he'll say, okay, now I want you to take some of your finances, and I want you to invest it over here. I want you to invest that in this company. You've given me the tithe, you've sowed seed into the kingdom, and then all of a sudden he says, invest it in this little stock in the 1980s called Apple. And then all of a sudden you come over here and, and some years go by, maybe, maybe not years, maybe just a few weeks, maybe just a few weeks, and all of a sudden you, you come back, put it back here, and all of a sudden you got a harvest, and there's a harvest there. I mean, you've got a harvest. Right? Why? Because you kept the tithe holy, you sowed seed, you purposed in your heart to be a good sower, and what and God gave you seed. Here's here's sometimes how that works. You can jump start with your own, but God will start giving you seed to sow. And all of a sudden now you have a harvest. Now you have a harvest. But here's what I want you to see. You've got a harvest now. All right? Here's here's your storehouse. That's you. But you've got a harvest. What's the first thing that needs to happen here? First thing that needs to happen is I need to take 10% of that. Now, I want you to see something. This original tithe, and now you've got this harvest tithe, you need to give that to God. Listen, if you won't give this little bit when the big harvest comes in, that's a little bit more tithe there. When this big harvest comes in, you can be like, man, that's, that's more, that tithe is more than I used to make. That tithe is more than I used to make. If you won't give this, you won't give the bigger. If you won't give the smaller, you won't give the bigger when it's time. And what happens? And this is what I told, uh, told to my son. And I'm, I'm going to take this back. He, this is what I told to my son, bring the camera back to me. If you take this and you start eating the seed and keeping it for yourself, you dry up the whole process. You dry up the whole process. And so I, I want to take this back. Uh, buddy, come here and help me. Put it back in here. This has got a water. Just put this all back in there. So if you start eating your seed, let's go back here. Man, we got harvest. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Right? So now, let's say this was your initial harvest. This was your initial harvest. And I, I have this harvest, and I say, man, that's a great harvest, and I'm hungry today, right? And I need it. And I just eat this seed, and I eat it all, right? Every bit. Now the devourer has access to my life, but where's my future? There's no future there. There's no, there's no future whatsoever, right? That future is gone. That future, it, I've got no seed in the ground. I've got no future harvest. There's no incoming. The devil's going to be eating it up. Before long, I am going to find myself financially dead. I'm going to find myself in debt. I'm going to find myself overwhelmed. My nose won't be above water. Why? Because I've eaten the seed. But when, when I say, the Lord will say, watch this, when I tithe, he will show me and help enlighten my heart to be a sower. 
And then all of a sudden, the Lord will say, I say, Lord, I purpose in my heart to sow. He'll give seed to the sower. He said, here's some seed for you. He'll put that in my hand. I'll have seed. Now this seed is in the ground. It's bringing up a harvest. All of a sudden, he'll show me where to plant it. He'll show me how much to plant. He'll show me if I'm like investing, when to buy, when to sell. He'll show that, and then he'll bring in a harvest over here. He'll bring in that harvest. I just repeat the process. I say, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to send it over here, and I'm going to make it the tithe. How much of this new harvest, Lord, how much of this new harvest do you want me to sow? Out of this harvest, Father, I want to sow to you. I purpose in my heart to sow. How much of that do you want me to sow? And I decide, okay, I'm going to sow this. Now think about this. What if I just take the half of it and sow half of it? Well, then all of a sudden, we just move into this place where the next harvest looks like this. You see what I'm saying? And so that's the air, that's the thing that God can do. That's what he wants to do. He wants people that, that is being so blessed that they, they don't even know how much they have. But see, there has to be a flow. There has to be a flow in the time. There has to be a flow. I don't need to eat my seed. I need to make sure that I'm tithing and I'm sowing and I constantly am staying in the flow and God wants to take it. It says he will give seed to the sower and multiply that seed sown. He will give seed to the sower and multiply the seed sown. And so that is the very simple definition of biblical finances and how it works. And God, look at what God wants to do. He wants to start stacking blessings on top of you. I mean, he starts. He wants to start piling blessings on top of you. But we have to be tithers and we have to be sowers. And, and I'll, I say that word specifically, not just a giver. You know, if you give something, giving is great and giving is of God. But it's good for us to define, I'm not just giving right here, I'm sowing. And by faith, I'm expecting a harvest. Amen. So now, right now, I want to, I'm going to leave this right here. And uh, right now, what I'd like to do is just answer any of those questions. So Barrett, uh, if you have any of those questions or comments, uh, go ahead. He asked earlier, should we tithe before taxes or after taxes are taken out? <laughs> I, knew, I knew that that was going to come up. Um, so here... The thing is, you need to have your heart set on this. Now, I will tell you what, what Nicole and I do, and I think that it's right. That's why we're doing it, doing that. But you need to have your heart set on it. See, this was, to me, one of the things that I ran into when I first approached that question was I was really asking, how much can I keep? Yeah. <laughs> that was, and so my heart <laughs> was not to honor God my heart was, keep it for me because I need it, you know? And uh, so one of the things that we did at first, when we first started, we started tithing on the net amount, uh, which was how much we took home after taxes. But then I, I just felt like that wasn't right and for me, and I said, Lord, I don't know. I just, something doesn't seem right, and I want to, and, and the Lord, I said, help me out with this, Father. And he said this. He said, what you pay in taxes he said, yes, it goes to the government. He says, but what do you get for those taxes? Now, I understand a lot of people say, I don't get anything for those taxes, but that's not exactly true. I live in a country. The roads that I drive on are paved. I have a police force. I have a fire, a fire force, firefighting force. I have a lot of things that happen with those taxes. Do I think those taxes could be utilized differently? Of course I do. But regardless of that, I still am blessed. Actually, it's kind of like, that's a payment for me to live in a blessed place. That, to me, is increase. That's an increase. So Nicole and I, we tithe on the gross. And when I first started that, I'm going to tell you, we didn't have the money in our budget to tithe on the gross. I said, Lord, I'm doing this by faith, and I'm going to tithe. And I'll tell you, it was not an issue after that. It was so blessed. And uh, as soon as we made that switch, we didn't have any issue with it. It was, I mean... I don't ever remember having issue after that, although our budget going in uh, financially and mathematically didn't seem to match up. It didn't. It wasn't an issue. 
because I believe the blessing of the Lord was on it. So that's what, for us, we tithe on the gross. Um, you need to have that in your heart, though. You know, you need to get that in your heart. Why are you doing that that way? So I hope that helps you. Uh, what else, Spirit? Question number two comes from the one and only Joni Bjorkgren, and she says, does first fruits offering also apply to the beginning of the year? And if so, are you giving what you would make in a year? So there's the first fruits that people get if there's an increase that comes, but then there's, first, there's also first fruits that talk about, should you give a special first fruit offering at the very beginning of the year? And what does that look like? Well, now you're talking about the different types of offerings, and that is another broadcast. I'm not going to get into that or answer that today, but good question. <laughs> I'm just talking today about the basic offerings, basic, simple offerings. So I'll answer that on another broadcast. Back to you. <laughs> and then our third question is on can an individual tithe to someone, someplace that's not a church. For example, if you believe you are submitted to an evangelist or to a prophet, can your tithe go to them instead of to the church where you're planted at? Is there ever a right time for that? And who asked that? The one and only deep question asker, Marky Mark Dunphy. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's probably on that, I would say there's probably controversy on that. Um, because you have, you have some people that think that you can, some people that think that you, that you can't. I, I think that when Malachi says, bring it into the storehouse and the house of the Lord, I think that that shows to me that it's the place where you are planted and the place where you are placed. So to me, it looks like the church. I understand, I actually, what I do think is I think that more storehouses should sow into evangelist ministries and sow into that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I don't think that enough churches and pastors take that seriously. We sow into multiple evangelists out of this ministry. And um, so I don't think that that's taken properly by a lot of churches in that way. And that's where you want to get into a church that understands the importance of those five giftings. Now, um, I believe that that's going to be at the place where you receive, where you are pastored. I understand that some sometimes you have fivefold ministries that are not exactly a pastor that will actually help to shepherd other people, like an evangelist can shepherd an evangelist. And that's where it gets, um, that's where you have to hear that from the Lord for yourself in that way. I still have a hard time getting around bringing it into the place. Uh, you will see a lot of, Ministers over, and I, I disagree with this, but you'll see a lot of ministers that really don't have a home church, and they don't have a they don't have a home pastor, and I think that's where they should be bringing that to to do the work of that local church, and then they should sow into the men of God in their lives. So for me, I actually have uh, my pastor. Uh, although I'm a pastor, the home church that I go to all the time is here. And so I think it's right for us to sow into the men of God in our life. And so I actually sow my tithes into the place where I'm, where I'm at. But then our church sows into the men of God that, that go into our lives. Our church, our church tithes into those men. Some are pastors, some aren't. Most of them have been pastors, but some aren't. And then, but then personally, I also, Nicole and I also sow into those men's lives every month. Every month we sow into their lives. And uh, because we're honoring them, so this is not a tithe, it is a seed. And it is uh, a sowing and an offering into that. So my personal thought on that, looking at Malachi, is that you can't tithe there, but you should be sowing there. Um, and that should be significant. It says they're worthy of double honor. So part of the confusion of that comes in the Old Testament where you see what happened was you had the priest. You didn't have the fivefold ministry, but what they would do is the priest that they were connected to, they would tithe to the high priest. So if you had 100 priests there, those 100 priests would then tithe to the high priest, and that would be their living. And so I see that in the seed form because the tithe says it goes to the storehouse, and goes to the house of God, then I see that as going to 
going, that tithe should go to the church. But then the people should sow, and the offering is what should go to the men of God that are in our lives. So I have like six men of God in my life. So every month we sow into every single one of them, and the church sows into them as well. There's another part, and I'll give you the I'll give you this side as well. Is you can look at Malachi three and say that if I'm sowing into an evangelist, then I'm sowing into the the generic the general house of God as well. I think that it's more specific because it said storehouse. Um, the storehouse part, then the house of God makes it look to me like it is the church, the local church. Uh, and that's where people would generally bring their tithes is to their local house of God. And so you see that example in the old, and then in that local house of God, the other priest would tithe to the high priest. And so I believe that that tithe for most people should go to the house of God, and for most ministers, they should have a local church that they also are planted in. According to the word, it should be that they're planted also in a local body with a pastor. So I'm here every Sunday, but I have a local pastor, Pastor Gene Alexander, and we send the tithe to him. We send offerings to him as well. So it's one of those things where we have to make sure that our heart is clear on that and that it's right. But when I look at Malachi 3, it really looks like the local church to me. And so, amen. Is that the last one? Praise God. Did you get something out of this today? And I can't see your comments, so if there's some comments, you'll have to uh, talk to me about it. And if you have any other questions, make sure uh, to drop those in the comments. But now it's offering time, you know, and um, you don't uh, remember what I just said. When you give, you want to give cheerfully. Uh, You want to give purposed in your heart. So if you haven't taken time to purpose in your heart, take time to do that before you ever sow purpose in your heart. But of course, you shouldn't go six months and be like, I just hadn't felt it yet. No, that's that's your flesh, <laughs> you know. But here's the thing. Your tithe will go to that local church, that church that's feeding you, that church uh, that is helping you pray for you. They know, your, know you know your life. And then you'll see that the, any offerings are to ministries that are good ground. They're seeing the fruit of God. They're seeing increase. They're seeing the power of God. They're winning souls and making disciples. They're helping people walk in the fruit of the Spirit and walk in fellowship with God. Any, any one of those, especially the Lord will connect you with people. It's kind of like he'll put covenant together uh, with you and a ministry. And those, those ministries that you are fed by, you should definitely sow into. The word, the word of God says this, anyone that labors in the Word over your life you should sow into in that way. If they are laboring in the word on your behalf and you are receiving the food of that word, then you should, then you should sow into them. So even if, even if um, you are not majorly connected, but they are sowing into your life and you're receiving a good word from them, you should sow into that good word. And so if that's us for you, then go to giveww.org and you should sow on a regular basis and and believe for a harvest <laughs> and believe for a supernatural harvest. And so we just praise God for you. You can give any, we made it easy to give. We, but the issue is, are you purposed in your heart? And if so, I want to see that harvest for you. And so Lord, right now, we just praise God for you. Whether people are giving one time or they're just making a decision, you know what, I'm a partner. I'm going to go in as a covenant partner, and I'm going to sow on a regular basis. You can do that at the link. Lord, whether it's one time or an ongoing partnership in your covenant, Father, let it be blessed. We receive it to advance the kingdom of God all around the world. And Lord, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Lord, let it be supernaturally multiplied. Give them the vision. Lord, give them the blessing. Lord, give them the things and the tools that they need and let it be supernaturally quick. This is their year of increase. In Jesus' name, thank you for the blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. We love you. Thank you so much for being with us. And if you need anything, let us know. Drop some questions in the comments uh, or let us know how this has blessed you. Put those in the comments. Those comments help. Like and 
Subscribe, share this with somebody who needs to see this, and we'll be talking more about this as the week goes on. We love you so very much, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Even though the broadcast is over, you can come back tomorrow live at 1130 here on Lunch Plus. You can always find us on YouTube, or you can stay connected by going to whatsright.com and signing up to stay connected as information comes out, as things are unveiled. This ministry is growing. We are a ministry that's increasing, and we want you to be on the cutting edge of everything that the Lord is doing. So sign up to stay notified and up to date with what we're doing. And we're going to be back tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. Make sure you set a reminder. Hop on live with us, and we'll see you then. Have a good Monday.